talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome into View from the West podcast, the podcast covering Illinois high school football on the western side of the state of Illinois. We've gone through the northwest of St. Illini. We've gone through eight-man football, the Lincoln land, the track. We're now here. It's time for our Western Big Six preview. And you know, when it's time for the Western Big Six preview, View from the West seeks out football experts from around the area. Unfortunately, all of them were busy, so I ended up with Matt Randazzo, Corey Coupler, Brian Stocking, and Matt Shuckman. You guys like that? I thought of that this afternoon. Couldn't wait to bust no, that. There's, there's like there's there's like Good. four of us, so we 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 all combined to equal one expert, right? Maybe <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. Like you, in, in order to get one valuable opinion on football in the Western Big Six, you had to get four people. <laughs> yes. So, but yeah. we will do our best. We're, we, I, I'm 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 glad Matt's here because I feel like. He's going to lead the way and maybe make up for what stacking usually lacks. So I, <laughs> when you, int- when you said that, I wasn't sure if you were referring to yourself in the third person or if you sound real high in my, no, I would, I would have said Dazzo. When I, when I refer to myself in the third person, it's always Dazzo or Mr. Randazzo. <laughs> so, so yeah. So the voice you're hearing, the, vo- the sports director at WQAD, Matt Randazzo is here. Reporter anchor Corey Cuffler is also here from WQAD. Brian Stocking, what's your title now? You, you've, I mean, you're so high up the ranks now. I don't even know your position anymore. What do you? Contributor. <laughs> oh, you're more than that. You're more than that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Brian Stocking, longtime high school football guru, statistician, stat guy, staff guy, stat, stat guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. staff guy. <laughs> From WQAD, Brian, you're in the control room. You're controlling Twitter or X or whatever we call it now every Friday night for WQAD. And last but certainly not least, so glad to have Matt Shuckman back here, the editor of Muddy River Sports. Shuck, how are things down in Quincy? Things are good. Things are getting busy, just like these guys know. It's uh, running around trying to get previews for everybody, and we're less than two weeks away from kickoff now. Absolutely. I, I've seen uh, Chris Dewar's putting on the mileage, uh, you know, yep. doing his barnstorming tour and uh, you're getting the articles pumped out there. So it's awesome. It's been, it's been good so far. Weather hasn't been too bad and uh, everybody's been talkative so far. We'll see. We'll see how this week goes with, you know, <laughs> they got the pads on and full pads on and who gets tired and who yeah. uh, clams up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, before we jump into it, we want to make sure we thank our sponsor. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Breedlove Sporting Goods, Western Illinois' premier sporting goods store for uniforms, apparel, equipment awards, and online team stores. They provide all the same sporting goods services that the big nationwide companies do, but with a faster turnaround and their uniform pricing is a fraction of the cost you're probably used to. They offer the name brands such as Adidas, Under Armour, and Nike, and are extremely responsive with inquiries. The primary focus on western side of the state of Illinois, Breedlove Sporting Goods is the fastest way to outfit your team. Check them out on Facebook or at BreedloveSports.com or contact Cal Breedlove directly. Email him at CalBreedlove at gmail.com for more information. Boys, here we are, the Western Big Six preview. We've rolled through every school in every other conference. It's time for the big boys. 
Starting in the Western Big Six, we're starting with United Township. Head coach Nick Welch and the Panthers won an eight a year ago. Offensively, they returned four starters on the line. They also have three-year starters at quarterback, three-year starter at wide receiver as well, that being Matthew Kelly and Corey Randall. So there's some pieces there. But last year, you know, Dazzle, I'll start with you. Last year was certainly a, you know, it was disappointing because, you know, going back to the COVID spring where there was all the United Township hype, the year after that, they fell, I think, a game short of the playoffs. And then this really seemed to kind of derail them. But what what do you see here? There's some pieces coming back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Boy, they had me. I remember doing the podcast last year and they had me um, bought in. And I think, boy, I can't say that. I think when you start with United Township, you, you have to start with like what the culture is now what the program is now because it wasn't that long ago when you started you wouldn't start with talking about united township first and we're not saying we're ranking them out or anything like that but um they weren't the focus of the western big six and um while they haven't you know won a conference championship or anything like that yet the the program is is much better respected around the area um coach walsh has done an awesome job there's a good culture there there's a good excitement um but yeah last year i think we did this podcast maybe the day after I went over to camp um, to do our preview, our score preview with United Township. And, and I was bought in. Um, I think last year, if anything, cause I, you know, looking at it, Greg, one and eight, I, I mean, I knew they struggled. I didn't realize it was one and eight. Um, I don't think if you would ask me, Hey, what was the record? I would have said two and seven, maybe three and six. Um, but I think they were a year too soon last year. And sometimes, you know, they played a lot of sophomores and it doesn't just automatically click. We're going to talk about another team later on the Western League Six with Genesee, who's kind of the same way, but it doesn't just click right away going from sophomores to juniors. And I think too much was, I don't want to say expected because you're going to have lofty expectations, but I think um, it didn't click as quickly as people think or thought it would. But when you look at that up front and you return four players and, and, um, Swag Kelly comes back at quarterback and somebody that we're used to, you know, calling his name and all that kind of stuff. And they have weapons. Um, my, my question is defensively, you know, and I know you'll talk a little more about that too, but um, they got to get better on the defensive side of the football. And I think they've, they've struggled there a few, like that really good year where the spring COVID they put up a ton of points, um, but they were outscoring people. And I think, I think they can be good on that side of the football. I think they have young players coming back that will be good on that side of the football, but you have to, I guess this year I'm I'm going to pump the brakes just a second because I was so excited last year. Um, I, I love what Coach Welch is doing, but you got to see it on the field and they have the pieces there. It looks good on paper, and and you know they're going to be ready on Friday nights when it comes to an energy and enthusiasm. But um, we'll see what they do and and how they get started against a LaSalle Peru team. I think it's at home this this year. Remember they got off to a tough start last year at LP, um, see if they can get off to that better start. I think things just snowballed quickly, it seemed like, with United Township last season. Yeah, I mean, Coach Welch referenced, you know, needing to stay healthy, and he also referenced that fast start that you just talked about and improved mm -hmm. defensive play. So, you know, those are the kind of talking points that he's seeing as well. You know, the same things that we're seeing on this side of things. Like I mentioned, Matthew, Matthew Swag Kelly, as we heard the nickname last year, um, you know, he comes back with, you know, he had a lot of offensive yardage for him last year, and he's back. Corey Randall is a dynamic playmaker. When he gets that, you know, the ball in his hands, he can really make some things happen. He's a kid that I'm excited to see how they utilize, how they get him in space, you know, how they help him, you know, be a mainstay in this offense this year. 
as a senior. And then uh, Isaiah Navarte or Navarrete, um, a running back. He's only a sophomore, but he'll be in the mix, figures to get some time. And uh, the linemen, the returning linemen, a couple three-year starters in Jacob Vandewheelie and Aaron Clifford. And then uh, Andy Adame at uh, right tackle, a senior two-year starter. So there's experience there kind of all across the board. Cuff, what's your, what's your thoughts on UT? Well, the first thing they did right was get Loyola off their schedule. <laughs> that, was, that was just a terrible game for them to play last year. And I know they needed a game, but they have a, they have a bye right now in week eight, and they didn't pick up Loyola. So that, that was good. Um, I think they need to get Corey Randall the ball whenever they can. Like you said, he's a dynamic player. I don't know if you switch him from wide receiver to running back or some kind of H back where he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I think he's got to be a guy that touches the ball. If you have a 10 yard drive or a, a 10 play drive for a touchdown, he better touch it four or five times. If, if you're going to do something on, on this team and, and, the, and Matt mentioned the, the culture, you know, that that's the biggest thing Nick Welch has really turned around with the, with the United Township is he turned that culture around despite the season they had last year the kids were still all bought in. You know, there was that none of that fighting on the sidelines. They were all for one another. They were still playing for one another, despite the record that they had. Um, and you don't want to put too much the cart before the horse here, but looking at their schedule, if they can get that win in week one, they got they have a potential to win five games this year, I think. Yeah. Yep. Stock or... Yeah, it all it all goes back to Kelly. Last year, he had a game against Galesburg where he threw for 311 yards. And when you look at UT, they had three the last three games and four of their last five, they scored 31 points or more. But like Dazzo said, their defense was their downfall. They gave up 63 points twice last year. So, but getting back to UT, they open at home with LP. Last year, LP's quarterback was a senior who was the coach's kid. He's graduated. I heard LPs changing their offense. Shaw, uh, Shaw local uh, newspapers uh, out of out of uh, LaSalle talked about that LP may be changing their offense. If UT can win that, they have a very winnable game against a uh, Chicago Public League school. They could go into the opener against Sterling 2-0. And if they don't play week eight in the view of the state because the Pioneers don't have a team because they're laying out, that's going to be a win. So they could start off, they could have three wins, and all they have to do is win two Western Big Six games, which I think they could do. So five games is not, a playoff bid for UT is not out of the cards. And had there been playoffs in that COVID year, UT would have been a playoff team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Chuck, any, anything on UT? Well, I would echo what Dazzo said about the culture. I, and I think Coach Welch does a great job there. And it, it's a different UT program than it was a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But I look at it and go, you still got to prove something to me. You know, two years ago, they started out 3-0. and There was a lot of hype, a lot of talk about how good they were. They came to Quincy, gave up 48 points um, to a Quincy team that went 4-5 and that year and didn't do anything after that then they go one and eight last year okay You're, there's a lot of talk again now a lot of you know we got some experience we got this prove it to me prove prove it to me that you're a different ut team right now we haven't seen it fulfilled yet i think coach welch will get it done i really do i i i think he's a great coach a great guy i think he's really changed the culture there but he's got to prove it to us 
Yep. And, and I, what I Chuck think... said is fa- that's fair. What Chuck said is absolutely fair. Oh, I think last sure. year, I mean, I think we put Card ahead of horse because of what looked like on paper. Um, I think that's, and I think if Coach Welch was on this Zoom, he would say the exact same thing. We haven't done anything yet. We haven't proved anything yet. So um, I think that's 1000% fair of, of until we see it on the field, you have to be, um, I don't say pessimistic, but you have to, you have to pump the brakes a little bit with United Township until you see it. The pieces are there, but you got to see it on the field. Yeah. Yep. I, I think the potential is there. Mm-hmm. They, yep. they just got to follow through on potential. Yep, absolutely. That That's what, you know, what, what makes this, what makes this team intriguing? I think this year for sure. One more story that I wanted to give a quick shout out to. It's a kid. It's a name we talked about, I think in this podcast a year ago, Grayson Anderson was a kid for United Township that coach Welch was really excited about and had been coming back from an ACL injury. He had a second ACL injury that kept him out a majority, maybe all of last year. So coach Welch said he's a four-year varsity athlete that's only played 22 minutes of high school football. He's now been named the captain of the team for the second year in a row. And coach Welch said he's one of the best players, leaders, and teammates that he's ever coached. And he just really hopes that he gets the chance to really showcase his skills this season. He has been cleared for full participation. So they're really hoping that he can have, you know, that positive kind of ending to what's been kind of a rocky career for him. So anyway, just wanted to, you know, give a shout out to him. We hope for the best and hope that he can get on the field, make some contributions for a UT team that, like we said, has something to prove. So, um, all right, boys. Well, that's, that's United Township. Let's keep moving along here. We'll jump into, um, we'll jump into Galesburg, Silver Streaks. Derek Blackwell, head coach, went three and six a year ago. Talking to Coach Blackwell, he likes their speed, likes the athleticism this team has in 2023, starting with quarterback Geno Williams. Geno Williams is a kid we saw in flashes last year. I think he ended up getting getting put in due to injury, or he was kind of the next man up, you know, coming in at quarterback. But he played well and kind of showed some skill set, you know, as an athlete out there in the quarterback position. Coach Blackwell wants to utilize him, spread the field, get a more consistent run game, and improve their run defense as well. So they have, you know, they have building block, kind of like United Township. They have things to work on, things to improve. But along with Gina Williams, you have Amari Richardson um, also back. He was a playmaker we talked about several times last year. So Cup, can Galesburg turn it around this year? And it's the same kind of question we just had about United Township. Again, well, and this is year two for Coach Blackwell. Um, and obviously he takes being head coach at Gilder pretty seriously because he, he played there and he knows what the tradition and everything like that is all about. He played, I believe, under Coach uh, Doherty, Tim Doherty, uh, when he was there playing. Um, again, it's one of those things we got to see it. I know that everybody, every team is hope springs eternal this time of year for every team, but you, you got to get the wins you're supposed to, you're supposed to win. Three wins last year was, was good for them. That's probably where they should have been last year. Can they take that next step? Their their uh, schedule isn't very favorable. Dunlap was a playoff team last year. Limestone's not good, but then I have I have no idea about the team they played from Indian Creek in week three. That's that was their team they slotted in there for all of them. Uh, but then the big six. I mean, that's it's going to come down if if they're going to make a push to the playoffs this year, they're going to have to try to win those first three games, steal one somewhere in the big six, and then that last game against UT and Galesburg would be their toss-up game. If they could get that one, they could, they could get in the playoffs. 
I don't know if that happens this year for them. I see them possibly three wins, maybe four, depending on how that team is from Indiana. But I think three wins might be their biggest potential this year. And again, nothing wrong with that. It's just they got to have the guys step up and, and they're going to utilize that speed, spread that field out and see what they can do. It's a good thing they're not playing in October because uh, the name of the school is Trafalgar and there's a Trafalgar Day in, in England. Sure, if you say oh. so. Well, oh, it's man. True. What does I that mean? Trafalgar, 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 the Battle of Trafalgar, HL5. Um, oh, sure. Stack, I, I, Stack, hey, Stack, I've missed you. I've missed you so much. <laughs> See, you missed that history knowledge. Um, Galesburg, uh, Gino Williams uh, came in last year. They had some injuries. Galesburg's got to stay healthy. That's been their big uh, bugaboo the last couple of years. They've had several injuries that have derailed their season. Galesburg, the last year, the last two games, they scored 100 points combined, 100 points total. And twice last year, they scored 52 points or more. So the offensive game plans there, they just have to have the athletes stay on the field. If they can stay healthy, they can make, uh, they can make some noise. And I think you're right. I don't want, I don't want to, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Dad. Go ahead. But no, if you look at what they did offensively last year, they had moments where they were really good and they used, utilized those athletes. It was defensively where they struggled. And especially against the Western Big Six heavyweights, if you look at it, I think they averaged, if I remember correctly, it was 32 points allowed per game against in their four-game losing streak against the Western Big Six top teams, where they only scored 14 or less in each one of those games. So offensively against teams that they are that are average or slightly below average, Galesburg's athletes take over. Against the better teams, the more physical teams, Galesburg struggled defensively. If they can shore up defensively, maybe they can get to that five win. Yeah. Yep. I would I would just say this this Galesburg team maybe is the biggest unknown because of the youth. Um, they feel me to me, they feel like they're they're what UT and maybe Geneseo was last year, where they're gonna rely on younger players. I think they're gonna take some bumps along the way, but it's gonna help for the future, if that makes any sense. I think um getting these guys and these younger players valuable varsity experience it might not show up on the scoreboard this year and it will maybe times i think when building a program for the long haul i think this and i also would echo what cuff said that um derek blackwell's the right guy for the job you know we've talked to him several times great guy bleeds bleeds silver streak football i mean that's just what he i mean he's the right fit for the right job and all that kind of stuff so i think he'll do a good job and just these are guys that like we're we're learning their names now that maybe next year when you do this podcast, it's kind of who we're starting to talk about first because they're talented younger players that might be returning. I think they're a year away from from being anything really good, but they're going to be intriguing and fun to watch throughout the entire season. They always are. And great stadium, by the way, down there. One yeah. of the most yeah. underrated stadiums in, in the Western Big Six is, is, is down in Galesburg. Yeah, that's that's the, you know the model of here's how to do a stadium renovation the right way or not even a renovation. They completely, they moved. I mean, they moved sites right, right across the street. So anyway, um, what you got to like last note on Galesburg, you know, talking about Blackwell's getting kind of, you know, ingrained in the system here, you know, obviously been a long time Galesburg guy, but as a head coach, I'm saying um, he referenced in his, you know, um, preseason notes to us, he feels like the buy-in is there this off season from those younger players. So, you know, new head coach takes over. It does take a little bit of time to really build those relationships. And especially with the younger, you know, eighth grade or those, you know, freshmen that are new when you are new to really, you know, gain that trust, right. To know that, 
you know, I'm committed to you and I'm committed to making this program what it is. So hopefully he references that he's seeing the buy-in that that will go a little bit, you know, go a long way in helping them out as well. So let's move to Geneseo, the Maple Leafs. Head coach Larry Johnson, 20 years on the sidelines as head coach for the Maple Leafs. Man, he is, you know, you know, ingrained out there. And he, you know, you know what to expect when you go out to a Geneseo practice. And I, and I always appreciate it. I love the way he runs things. He's all business, right? I mean, I, you know, I'm sure if you find him somewhere at home on a, you know, Saturday in the spring, maybe he's, you know, he's a little more chill, but he's all business. And I appreciate that about, about Larry. Last year, Gail or Geneseo was five and five. They lost in the first round of the playoffs to Carterville, 36 to seven. Um, this year's team is a team that I feel like we've kind of been watching the last couple of years, these group of players, I should say. It seems like this has been building. There was a lot of buzz around this team when they were in JV level, and now they're here. It's a senior-heavy team. You know, Larry said in his, in his comments that they're looking forward to this year. They have a lot of three-year starters that are there. He said it's really important for them, those three-year starters, to take control of this team and lead. And, you know, they have quite a few guys, obviously three-year starters, but guys with a lot of varsity experience. You know, when these guys were sophomores, they were in there. They were kind of thrown in. And it was, you know, maybe not out of talent, out of necessity. They needed to be in there. And so they learned on the job. And they've had some success. Certainly last year, they made the playoffs. But I think this is a year that they're really looking at to say, all right, now it's time to take that next step, right? We talked about some teams that maybe a year away or teams that are looking to prove something. This is a team that seems primed to prove it this season. Who wants to talk? Yeah, Greg, I'll, <laughs> I'll hop in with this one because I, I went out to Geneseo last Wednesday or on Wednesday. And um, yeah, first 20 years with Coach Johnson is, is awesome. And you're exactly right. I mean, he, 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 he like it, usually you get the same quotes. We got different ones this year, but we do what we do. We're not going to try to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Like things that you get from Larry Johnson, you get from Larry Johnson. Great guy though. Like but the more you get to know coach Johnson, go ahead, Greg. I was going to say of all things though, like the last couple of years, they haven't always do what we do. No, they've, they've changed no. things up a little They do look a little, they have reinvented. So. They have tweaked the, they have tweaked the wheel a little bit, if you will. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I just, 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 and yeah, with, with coach Johnson, the more you get to know him, you, the more you find out what a great guy he is and what a great human being he is. So ton of respect for him, 20 years doing it. I've been doing this for 22. So I can remember when he started and all that kind of stuff. And, Awesome. So yeah, but this group is like we talked about, like maybe UT this being their year or Galesburg waiting. Like two years ago, these Geneseo kids, they had to um they had they were thrown in. They might not have been ready, but when you return a, a quarterback like AJ Weller, who I'm I don't I think has started 19 games and he's going into his senior year. So I think he started most of his sophomore year and then 10 games last year. So maybe I'm wrong, maybe it wasn't all of his sophomore year, but that's a ton of experience. So this is this is that group. This is they've led up to this this season, and and you saw it kind of click with them last year. They got back to the playoffs, which is crazy to talk about getting back to the playoffs in Geneseo because for so long that was just that's what they did. They went to the playoffs. They were Geneseo. It's tough for now in the Western Big Six to get to the playoffs and do those kind of things. They got back there. They didn't win, but they got back there. That was big for them to have another game last year, and you could just see throughout the year. It's starting to click more. They went to Rock Island in a game that I remember because Rock Island needed that football game to win. And Geneseo went to Rock Island 
and took Rock Island's best shot and ended up winning that football game. And um, you could just see it kind of developing and confidence going. And what makes this group special is that um, Luke Johnson, um, Larry's son, is one of those three-year starters now that started as a sophomore. And I'm not saying it's special because Luke's on the team, but anybody who's got kids, you're, you're, you, you have your kids, but you also have your kids' friends that kind of become your kids too. Well, that's what this is like for him. You know, they all the players talked about how this isn't just Coach Johnson. This is a guy that taught him baseball in second grade, I think one of them said. So, like, it's a tight-knit group. I think the talent's there. Um, it's always a special environment and, and a night on a Friday night in Geneseo. And I think this team can win six games. I think they can can get to the playoffs and, and maybe do some things when they get there. Are they upper echelon well i mean we'll talk probably about that as we we get towards the end of the the podcast but you know there is sterling moline quincy that everybody's talking about is geneseo one of those teams that kind of gets up with those three or are they that start of the middle pack i I don't know exactly where they are but greg you you have the list and i'll let you run down the the things that 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 coach johnson sent in but these are names that if you gave me a dime for every time i said a lot of these names i could buy a couple polar pops greg if you know what i'm (laughs) picking up what i'm putting down I'm always in for one of those. So agent, how are they not a sponsor of the podcast? Get beyond me. <laughs> I need to talk to circle. K. That's a great point. Uh, right. As Mitch, as Mitch would say on the podcast, not a sponsor, but could be, but could be. Right. right. So exactly. AJ Weller quarterback, defensive back, like you referenced uh, honorable mention, all conference at the quarterback position, three-year starter. He was also first team, all conference punter. So, you know, he does a little bit of everything for him. Uh, Jerron Neal at running back was a name that we had heard last year. He was an honorable mention all-conference. You also have uh, linebackers, Caleb uh, Craterfield, Nathan Dunker at linebacker. You have Luke Johnson as a tight end, like you referenced, second-team all-conference. You also have Jackson Reed, so a grandson of Bob Reed, the the late great head coach of Geneseo. So I know a lot of programs have the names and the families that come through. But man, talk about in one year, you have a Reed and a Johnson both out on the field for Geneseo. That's that's a lot of family history going out there. And it, that's a really cool a cool story there. Um, but uh, Jake Raps, Jackson Reed, a couple running backs and uh, defensive backs. Caden Salisbury on the offensive line. Cade Van Opdorp on the offensive line. You also have um, Nolan Famali on the offensive line. Another three-year starter was an honorable mention all-conference. So again, just going through this list, Nathan Dunker, I don't know if I already said him. I'm saying the same names over and over again here. But (laughs) a lot of talent coming back. Just a lot of players that are not going to be phased by the big-time games and the atmosphere in in the Western Big Six. I think you got a lot of teams or a lot of players here that are ready to, you know, ready for that challenge in the Big Six, no matter who it is. When you look at A.J. Weller, last year he had over 500 yards rushing and passing in Western Big Six games. He had 12 total TDs. Also, Jerry Neal gained almost 600 yards in the Western Big Six with six touchdowns. Geneseo is a dark horse team to win this conference. They're also helped by their schedule. Week three, the opening week of Western Big Six play, they go to Moline. It's going to be Geneseo's experience against Moline's inexperience. It's at Browning Field. If Geneseo wins that game, they could be a dark horse to win the Western Big Six. 
This is, are we predicting things again? Stockpile. Stockpile. Are we pre- is that a prediction? No, my prediction is they're going to beat Sterling this year, ending an eight-game losing streak to the Golden Warriors. <laughs> even wow. though Sterling shut them out three straight years and has limited them to one score in the last seven, they have a 159-minute and 22-second scoreless streak against Sterling, 13 quarters. They will score the first quarter. They will beat Sterling this year. That is my upset prediction. I wish hey, real quick. How did how did last year's go? Just out of curiosity. What the last year's Sterling Jazzio game? Sterling won. So your prediction? No, uh, your, your, big, prediction. your big prediction that one, about like I think it was UT to beat Moline. From, that one uh, went into <laughs> uh, that one went into a uh, that one went into the tidy bowl real quick. <laughs> I wish I wish people listening to this could see Stocking with note card in hand, like waving his. Waving his hand, going crazy. I may have to tweet this out, Stock. This video is too good. I, I want to know who, he's who's, a, he's who's a, in the background, Stocking. Waving, they were waving their hands a little bit ago. I don't who's know. I right? can't see behind who's me. Behind I have all you? the eyes in the front of my head, not the back. It's Mama is Stocking. Is that Mama Stock? She is here. Yes, she is listening. Yes. A live, a live he... studio audience for the Western for the uh, Western Big Six <laughs> podcast. We spare no expense. <laughs> you're you're like a poor man's Lee Corso. Like you're, was, you're really giving us the. I was just right? gonna use the Lee Corso heads. <laughs> oh, we need to get mascot heads out on WQAD's set. That's the next thing, man. <laughs> he is a mascot head. Like that—that uh, <laughs> that is brain stacking. Okay, so. that yes, I think Geneseo is one of those teams that is definitely, yeah, uh, is going to be in the mix. Chuck, you agree? You're nodding your head. I totally agree. Larry Johnson got his head coaching start down in this neck of the woods. He started at Pittsfield. I did he, not remember that. Wow. Four four seasons at Pittsfield, took him to the playoffs once in those four years. Um, that was back when you had to get to six wins to get in the playoffs. And I think he got him to five wins twice in that stretch as well. So, uh, dude, he knows what he's doing. We know that. With their, with their experience, and, and again, we've, we've seen it time and time again in the Western Big Six. The teams with senior, laden, groups rise to the top i don't know if geneseo can win the league this year there's a team we're going to talk about a little while later that i think is going to win the league or has the potential to win the league uh but geneseo is going to beat somebody that we all sit there and go wow that that either gets them deeper into the playoffs it gets them a better seed but they're going to upset somebody and it might be sterling i was yeah i wasn't going to call out you know a game necessarily but i agree i think somewhere in that mix they're going to pull off a game that you maybe didn't that didn't expect based on recent you know results. Right. I would yep, I would totally agree with that. Anything anything else on uh, Geneseo before we move along? I think we all agree that this is a team to watch for. All right, well we'll take a quick pause. We'll thank a couple of our sponsors here. If you're looking for the perfect gift for your high school football player, check out Matthewson's mini helmets. They offer totally custom mini helmets or decals for your school. Find them on Facebook or on Twitter. We are also thrilled this season to introduce the Matthewson's Mini Helmets Player of the Week Award. The best performance from our area will receive a custom View from the West mini helmet customized to include the student's athlete's name and their school. Again, Matthewson's Mini Helmets, so glad to have them on board. Find them on Facebook and Twitter. We're also happy to be uh, sponsorship with Brink Sportswear, offering totally custom made-to-order football uniforms to allow coaches and athletic directors to take control of their brand. 
The uniforms are available in sublimated and tackle twill. They offer free digital mock-ups, free shipping on team orders, free physical samples before you buy, so you know exactly what you're getting before you spend any of your program's money. Uniform sets starting at $99 for sublimated, $120 for tackle twill. You can find them on Twitter or go to brinksportswear.com. And now, Stock, we got one more ad. You got to help me out with this one. You ready? Yes, I've got it up here. Um, yes. View from the West is also sponsored by the Cupcake Cartel. Gourmet cupcakes that are made to order over 40 flavor, flavors, including wedding cake, lemon blueberry, strawberry milkshake, sticker doodle, and Oreo. Perfect for weddings, birthdays, fundraisers, showers, or how about or how about a view from the West listening party with cupcakes? You can find the Cupcake Cartel on Facebook. We want to thank them for their support. Oh, Stock, you name. Come on, guys. Give it a round of applause. That was, Stock, good. That that was, was really good. good. I had the script. That's well done. Um, can I ask real quick, Greg, is there a way that the cup car- Cupcake Cartel finds their way to the score after a I, Friday night? I thought about that. Yes, we could absolutely make that happen. We'll have to make, we'll have to make, get some there. cupcakes on the set on a Friday night. That would be excellent. Stocking, the Delicious. reason I wanted you, I wanted you to read that ad, one, because I knew you'd do, I knew you'd excel and you'd dominate, but I just wanted you to hear you say the word snickerdoodle. So <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I knew that would be good. So the Quad City's first and only fantasy football show for fantasy sake has you all covered when it comes to all of your fantasy football needs. The guys come to you live every Sunday morning during the football season from 10 to 1130. They've got the best analysis, rankings, DFS, and gambling advice between the Rock and Mississippi Rivers. So tune in to For Fantasy Sake every Sunday during the football season from 10 to 11.30 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. All right, let's keep moving down the list in the Western Big Six. The Shucks team. Time to, time to talk about Quincy. <laughs> <laughs> the Quincy Blue Devils are next on our list. Matt Shuckman may have heard of them. Head coach Rick Little in 2022, they were eight and three. They defeated Glenwood 49-42. They lost to Lamont in a kind of a wild one, 38-24. A very good Lamont program that Quincy kind of, you know, went toe-to-toe with for a while in that one. Quincy brings back a lot from last year. They, you know, look to continue to improve. Head coach Rick Little mentioned they, you know, want to build off that success. That, you know, each stepping stone each year is, you know, get a little better. They want to keep being explosive on offense. They want to improve their defense this season. Number one key, staying healthy, keeping their, you know, keeping their playmakers on the field. Braden Little at quarterback, he threw for 2,773 yards, 24 touchdowns. Jureus Rice, he had 1,500 yards, all-purpose yards. You know, we called his name out a lot last year. Tykel Hammers at wide receiver. Caden Johan- Johansson. At wide receiver, Jack Metalmeyer, a name we've said a lot. Aiden Byquist is back. That's a huge addition. He was out all last year, I believe. You know, on the other side of the ball, Ty Douglas at linebacker. Max Wires at linebacker. Todd Smith, defensive line. Um, Demarius Deverger. Did I get that name right? Deverger. And Ryan Mast as well. So, Shuck, you can lead this one off, man. This, This is a Quincy Blue Devil team that I think you know, people have been looking at this year. Yep. Yeah, they they started looking at this two years ago when when Braden Little saw some time on varsity as a freshman. Um, and, and the interesting thing is, you you bring back a kid in, in Aiden Byquist, 
who was the starting quarterback two years ago. Then they ended up moving him to all-purpose back because Braden Little took over as the starting quarterback. Week one last year, he blows out his knee, sits out the remainder of the season. Now he's back. He's healthy. He's an all-purpose type of guy. They're going to get the ball in his hands in a number of ways, and it's just another weapon to an offense that brings back basically everybody except Gregory Quince. They bring back four of their five starting offensive linemen, including Chris Flax, who has already committed to Division II Quincy University. Here's a kid who's a weight room beast. Um, it, they're, they're physical up front. They've got playmakers all over the place. And we're at that stage now where everybody kind of looks at it and goes, this is the year. This is the year where they get past winning just one playoff game. You know, they've only won two playoff games in, in school history. So now it's like, okay, can they get past the first round? Okay, they've done that. They've won twice. Now can they get past the second round? And to be honest, there's a lot of people thinking this team could go 9-0 and this year. Quincy has not gone undefeated in regular season since 1901. Stock, so, did you like know a, that? That's a stockpile yeah, stat. He's, did you see the reaction on his face? You just yeah. got stockpiled by Shuckman. He's the dean of Quincy sports. I mean, <laughs> I love it. So he I, is, again, th- th- this team has, uh, this program has kind of built for this year. Um, they play young kids each of the last couple of years to get ready for this. Uh, th- this is, this is the year everybody's been pointing to as these kids came up through the system. And uh, now it's time to go out and prove it. Yeah, absolutely. What do you guys, you know, Dazzo, what do you, what do you see? I just want, I, I'm not going to say anything because I want to, I, we have him here, so I don't need to say anything, but I got <laughs> questions because you mentioned winning two playoff games. What and you want both, but you mentioned nine and oh, where's the Western big six when it comes to what's talked about in Quincy? Like, cause you mentioned first, like this could be the team that wins two playoff games. And um, is that the all not ultimate goal, but where do they wait the Western Big Six? Because that Western Big Six is a huge thing. And 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 talking with other coaches, I've been to Rocky and Geneseo, not the coaches there, but just the vibe of players and yeah. stuff. And Quincy's talked a lot about there's a ton of respect for this team. And, and it didn't used to be that way. It used to be, right. we'll talk about Quincy football later. And then when basketball season comes around, we'll talk about Quincy. How important would it be for this program and this team to to win a Western Big Six championship? It would be very important. I had, I had somebody the other night on Twitter reach out to me and, and ask the question, when was the last time Quincy potentially would be favored to win both football and basketball in the Western Big Six in the same year? I don't yeah. know if they will be favored come basketball season, but but they're going to be in that conversation. Absolutely. Um, and they're just like they're in their conversation for football. And, you know, honestly, you got to go back to the 1974-75 school year where they won both to, to have a, a, a true sense that, that Quincy is relevant. Um, as much as it is now in football. Um, when was the last football? The last football champion, Western Big Six championship. Western Big Six championship. 2016. Okay. Um, they've only won four. Am I correct in that? Four or five. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, Big Six was football the, was, was 16, ever. they had Brock as the running back, correct? That would have been his sophomore year. Sophomore year, they yeah. They had him and they had Devin Smith at fullback. And mm-hmm. they ended up losing in the first round of the playoffs to Willowbrook on a late touchdown where they fumbled the ball away. If they had gotten the first down, they could have run out the clock. Mm-hmm. And they didn't give the ball to Brock. 
or or Smith on that play. <laughs> hmm. Remember the stake. Everybody remembers that one. Yeah. Hindsight being 2020, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again, it is uh but but think about it. That was Jairo's sophomore year. They didn't win the league with him as a junior or a senior. Right. So winning the league's a big deal. But I think for for to to for Quincy right now, for for this group of kids, for the fan base, for for the community, a push deep into the playoffs would mean a whole lot, would would mean more. Yeah, Western Big Six title would be a big deal, but Quincy is always, you got to get deeper into the playoffs to go, we're a better program. We're not mm-hmm. just one and done in so the playoffs. Let, would you say, let's say Quincy wins the Western Big Six and loses in the second round of the playoffs, or Quincy finishes second in the Western Big Six and wins two playoff games. Probably the latter would make people more happy. Now, either way, like, that's, that's a good question yeah. to be asked, you know, when it comes um, to, um, but probably... I think probably a deep, a deeper playoff. If you win two playoff games, I think it matters a little more because then you can sit there and go, okay, well, we didn't win the big six, but look, we, we finished, we went farther than any Quincy team ever. And I think that, I, I think the basic Quincy's football history isn't great. <laughs> so, right. so like trying to, to do things that either haven't been done, um, like, you know, win two playoff games would be a big deal to this group. Uh, going nine and zero would be a huge deal to this group. Um, obviously, winning the Western Big Six title would be a big deal. But if you don't win the Western Big Six and you get to the third round of the playoffs or get to the quarter, you know, the deeper you go in the playoffs, you forget about the things that didn't maybe happen in the regular season because you've become the best team in school history. Yeah. Sure. And I- Absolutely. Looking at them, they have a very favorable schedule. I mean, they don't, their their toughest road game is going to be going to Sterling, right? So that 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 one will be tough. Not that they can't win it, but that would be their toughest road game. Um, and I'm excited to see Little. I mean, I I've seen him the past couple of years. The kid can spin it, and he's got some good receivers. I'm really excited to see him. And I know the other day I went over to I was at Moline, and like like Dazwood said, there's other teams talking about him. Moline's talking about Quincy as well. So there's there's teams around the Big Six that yeah. know what they got this year with Quincy. And I think everybody knows what they have offensively and they see the numbers little put up. Face it, he's starting his junior year. He's already has the school record for single game passing, single season passing, career passing. It, it, it's just the numbers are kind of stupid. They're they're video game like. Yeah. Uh, and and so that's far. why that's but that and that goes back to like proof is in the pudding. Like you can be excited about potential all you want and I'm saying that about the entire conference, but you you have proof with a young player that's not just yeah. potentially good on paper, but he's he's done it and we've witnessed it. Stockpile, you you want to talk so bad right now? I'm just gonna keep talking until I can keep talking so that you can't talk. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Little threw last year for 376 <laughs> yards against UT. He had two games where he had over 300 yards passing. The other was against Geneseo. Last year, and this was the Week Nine game, Quincy was down at home to Rocky. 28 to nothing in the second quarter. Yep. They cut it to, uh, um, yeah, they were down 28 uh, to nothing. And I think they were down 42 to 14. No, they were, they outscored Rocky to end the game 47 14. They beat, they won 47 42, 33 14 in the second half. That is amazing. That's an amazing comeback in, in any way you cut it. Last year, Quincy had four games where they scored 42 points or more. And they had 112 points in their last two games. 
and that game against Rocky where they outscored him 47-14 to close the game and you know down 28 nothing at one point just absolutely amazing and i think the key is they're going to be better defensively we we kind of know what they're going to be offensively they have basically everybody back um uh, uh, you replace gregory quince with aiden bike with a healthy aiden byquist so they're still going to be dynamic offensively the improvements i think are going to be seen on the defensive side um ty douglas is is really good at middle linebacker max wires their other starting inside linebacker um it's coming back off a knee injury looks incredibly healthy looks really good laterally um todd smith who's a sophomore was this you know the heavyweight wrestler western big six champion uh heavyweight wrestler as a freshman i mean he's just he's a massive person who's just going to eat up space in the middle of that defensive front how many seats does flynn stadium have it's i believe in the grandstand it's 3500 and then they're seating on the, the visiting side as well. There's going to be a lot of fans week four. That grandstand is going to be packed. Moline comes to Quincy. Yep. And if Moline would beat Geneseo, they would be, that would be their 16th consecutive Western Big Six win in a row, which is the conference record, 16. They would have to come to Quincy to win that 17th. And that would be, that would be a doozy. Wow. Only- Stock, that's good stuff. That's yeah, that's that's great to know. Thank you, Stock. <laughs> that, that's why he that's why he's the highest paid employee on the score. Like that's yeah. right there is the reason why we spend so, six figures a year on him. Yeah. <laughs> so they spend six figures on you and cop. <laughs> so Chuck, I guess before we wrap up our Quincy talk, um, we may talk about them again later when we're talking about our favorites in the league, but what do you think their what do you think their mental makeup is like? I mean, what do you know about these kids as far as you know the roles reversed this year? Last year they were kind of chasing Moline, they were chasing right. Sterling. Now they're the they're the favorites. They're the ones with the target on their back. What do you think that that mindset does to them? How are they kind of dealing with that? I, I can tell you this: they've they've totally embraced that. They they want to be the favorite. Yeah. They 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 want to walk out on the field and tell you we're we're going to win the Western Big Six. They, they, they kind of have a, a little bit of swagger in that sense that they've, they think this is their time. And, awesome. and it, it'll be interesting to see if they have any sort of hiccups, you know, um, if they stub their toe at all, whether it's for, I don't mean just a game, but a, a quarter, things like that. What happens? How do they react to that? And I think the mental makeup of this group is they'll be like, so what? Look at our offense. We'll come get you. And you go ahead and score on us, fine, no big deal. We're going to come score on you the next three times. I mean, they they have that kind of mentality of we're not going to be beat. Yep. This is this is another one of the many reasons why I'm jealous of Chris Stewart, who's the goat down in your guys' area, because like, how easy is Quincy Games going to be to go get highlights from? Like, <laughs> you're going to get so much offense, you're going to be like, yeah. I have too many highlights for the. So that's a that's a good. We we get teams like that every once in a while, but yeah, you're right. They're going to score quickly and you know yeah. you're going to have to out figure out a way to outscore Quincy and there's not a lot of teams that can outscore Quincy do you think Shuck that coach little never comes up for the western big six banquet he's coming it's, I've you been think told he's coming this, this week is he, that's what it said like in, in the email that we got it said that he was coming so that would be awesome that would be awesome because I, I know a lot of people I'm, want to hear about Quincy yeah and I, I, I really get it like some... I'm not saying that in a negative no, I, I know in the I'm past not, there's been some I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's, it's t- 
Yeah, well, it's it's I get it. It's a Wednesday night and you're asked to drive two and a half hours each way or whatever it is. So I'm like, no, I get it. I just I did see that he was supposed to be coming. And, and but I've heard that in the past. So hopefully it does, because, yeah, it's a it's a fun team to talk about. I would I'd like to talk about if I was coaching Quincy. <laughs> I, I don't be all about talking about myself this year. So very cool. That's awesome. Should be fun. That's very cool. Well, from the uh, maybe potential favorite this year to the champion last year. Let's talk about the Moline Maroons. Head coach Mike Morrissey took the Maroons to a 9-2 and record last year. They beat DeKalb 21-13 in the first round of the playoffs. In the second round, they lost an all-time classic game to Yorkville, 34-31. I know that a lot of Moline fans don't want to look back and remember it fondly, but man, I mean, just as an unbiased observer, it was a hell of a football game, one that a lot of people never forget. Um, anyway, moving forward, they, uh, you know, they're going to be a, a different looking team this year. They have, you know, a lot of pieces to replace off of that team a year ago. They hope to build depth. Coach Morrissey said through their experience, they have a lot of guys to replace, but they are really excited about the group they have coming up. But, you know, coach said that they still, these guys, these new group, has to prove it. You know, they got to prove it on Friday nights that they can look good in practice now, but they got to show up in the games and do it. So he thinks the strength offensively will be on the line. They had to replace four out of five, but that they may be more athletic than they were a year ago and that they are gaining a lot of confidence. They're getting more physical, but he, he does like what he's seen there so far. Defensively, he thinks they'll be aggressive. They'll be athletic with their front seven. They have some good depth in the secondary. Um, they have linebackers that can run. They'll be fast. So, you know, Cuff, start with you and Moline. You know, you know the, you know the, the Moliners. So, well, it would it would go figure that the first preview I shot this year was Moline, right? That uh, yeah, absolutely. That's why it should yeah. be, right? Yeah. No, yeah. Greg I, is I, shocked. <laughs> Greg is absolutely shocked. <laughs> Stunned. <laughs> no, I um, I, walking up to a coach this year, I said, "Hey, can I get Sibley?" He looked at me funny. I said, "What about Fuller? What about Raya? What?" All these guys are gone. I mean, they lost a ton of offensive players. It's going to hurt them a little bit. I mean, it's going to take a little bit to get back to where they were, if they can even get back to where they were last year as far as offense. Um, when he told me about the line and only returning one, but he was excited about him, I go, are you kidding? And he said, no. He's like, they're just as good, but they're more athletic. Like you said, they're, their line, they have what? One person returning is, I think it's Nano Cepeda. And they call him the samurai. If you, and the reason is, is because the way he has his hair, it looks like he looks like a samurai warrior. It's pretty cool. Um, I think Edgy Tim did something with him. He did like an interview with him or something. I did see uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was pretty, it was pretty cool. But over the practice, he's not going to reinvent the wheel. Wing T it is. They're going to run the wing T. They're going to try to jam it down your throat. They will throw a little bit. They have Xander Ely, who's a pretty good wide receiver. He'll play a little DB for him as well. Um, this is a team that they're not looking to take a step back at all. They were upset with the way the season ended last year, one yard short up at Yorkville. That's two years in a row Moline has had a team that they could have beat in the second round, and they came up either with a fumble two years ago before they got the first down, and they lost the game, and then last year coming up one yard short. So this team knows the heartbreak. They want to get past that. Uh, when I was at practice the other day, uh, KG Kevin Gorgel was all over some of the linemen. They, they weren't doing things the right way. He goes, look, if we're not going to do it right, we're going to lose by a yard again. 
And I think they kind of took that to heart. Um, this is a team that will fight for a conference championship. If they can go to Quincy and beat Quincy, they'll win a conference championship. But going to Quincy and beating Quincy is going to be an extremely tough thing to do this year. I don't know if they have the horses, Moline, to hang with Quincy as far as scoring points. But I do like Moline to go 8-1. and one. Maybe that Quincy game is the only one they lose. Okay. What's... Well, we talked about um... – you know, Moline and is gonna be is like Sterling. They don't rebuild; they just reload. Which they and, have. And Moline's got a lot of reloading to do because they lost a lot of uh, talent in the in the line and in the backfield. But for Moline, the one good thing is when you've been as good as they've been the last couple of years, you win games quite handily, and you can get your junior varsity and your sophomores uh, some game exp- some valuable game experience. Moline's Stock, I think to... I think they put you in a couple games last year because you were right up the right up the street at WQAD, right? You were, uh, you they were on the that field desperate. by the end. They're not that desperate. But <laughs> Moline's won 15 games in a row in conference, 14 in a row on the field. They had a game that they won by forfeit last year. They've won in those 15 games, they've scored nine times. They've scored 40 points nine times or more. The closest game they had was in those 14 games, one on the field was 12 points against Sterling last year. All the others, have, all of them have been by double digits. Um, closest one was 12 points. They lost, they beat Quincy two years ago by 13 points. So that, I mean, Moline's had a very good run. They've had a lot of, they've had a lot of success. They are reloading, as we've said. Now, the thing is, their schedule is not easy. Week two, they play Lyle Bennett. Lyle Bennett is not an easy team. Moline's playing four times, have never beaten them. Week three, they play a very experienced Geneseo team at home in Browning Field. But week four, they have to make the long trip down to Quincy against a team that is probably the favorite to win. That's going to be a tough haul for Moline, but they can do if, uh, if, if any team can do it, a Mike Morrissey team can. Well, let's go through some of their, uh, you know, some of the players that they do return this year. Uh, Xander Ely, a wide receiver, which Cuff mentioned. Pablo Perez at running back, Chase Stevens at a, a wide receiver position, Corbin Snell at running back, Adrian Cooper at a running back, Nano Cepeda is the lineman we referenced, uh, Jaquan Johnson at, at lineman, Eli Taylor at quarterback, and Colin Fredrickson at a running back as well. Defensive side of the ball, Adrian Cooper, like we just mentioned, William DePape on the line, um, James Solis at a linebacker, Chase Stevens, who we already mentioned, and uh, John Neenhouse at linebacker and DB. So some names, yes. some familiar names there. Um, but it's, you know, they got to learn to work together. Shuck, what do you got? Well, I, I think you look two years ago, Moline came down to Quincy. Quincy led at halftime. And Moline didn't flinch. They came out and scored three rushing touchdowns in the third quarter. Riley Fuller just pounded them between the tackles. Um and the experience that Moline had and, and the the upperclassmen they had really took control of that game. Do they have that? Do they do they have those kids that when they're down at halftime to a team that could potentially win the big six or a team they're fighting for for a playoff spot or all those things? Do they have that experience? Do they have that knowledge to go, okay, we're going to come back out and win it? Or are we waiting to see if they can do that? I think right now that's where I think Moline is. I think, like Stock said, you don't, you reload. You're Moline, you reload. You don't rebuild, you reload. So, but if you don't have the senior experience, it could take a toll. Dazzle, you got anything? What do you got? 
And yeah, some some of those some of those guys last year you just knew we're gonna get the job done. And I think maybe a theme we're having here is like the difference between potential and like looking good and actually have done it. Moline is still a question mark because while they have reloaded and 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 I want to talk about two quick players real fast after this, but they I think even Mike Morrissey would say, you know, I feel great about this group. I think they look really good. I think they're going to be good. I think we can do all these things. But last year he could say that and then say because we did it last year in this game, this game, this game, this game. Like th- that's a great, I mean, Stack has the stats. He's staff guy for a reason. So he had the, all those things, but those guys are gone. Like all of those, those that winning streak, I'm not saying all of them are gone, but a lot of those guys are gone. So they have to do it again. Um, Adrian Cooper, um, I keep hearing fantastic stuff about. Um, he was a sophomore last year. His best four games were the last four games. I think he only played a lot of RC last four games, but if you remember against Yorkville, the two biggest plays of the game for Moline, both came from Adrian Cooper. Um, really good kid. I've talked to Mike Morrissey about him. Great kid, quiet kid, but a really good football player. I think that's a guy that you're going to hear that name more and more this season. And I think he's a, he's a, he's a college football player someplace in the, in the near future in, in two years. And then um the DePape kid um, who comes over from Pleasant Valley, his older brother's, um, playing Big Ten football with Michigan State, um, that's a nice get. Um, somebody you can add size and strength to the to the front of your defensive line and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it's Moline. We like them because they're so close to the station that when they kill somebody, they have running clock and they can come join us for the score on the grill instead of all <laughs> that, instead of uh, having to do Zooms and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to be in the conversation. We'll get to – I'm assuming we'll probably do some type of picks or something like that later. But, um, yeah, they're going to be in the mix – it's just not the Moline team that you know is going to be really good. You just think they're going to be really good, and you just have to wait to see it unfold. But you guys are right. Those first, I mean, Lyle Bennett, Geneseo, and Quincy, where's the first game? Glenbard North Glenbard or something like North. that? At Glenbard yeah. North. So I, and I don't know enough about that, but I, didn't, I mean, I know two, three, and four. They were four um, and five that, a year. A... They were four and five a year ago. But, you know, it's okay. a big, you know, a big school up in the suburbs. Like, so – you never know by the time they go down to Quincy, Mike Morrissey should know a lot more about his team. Cause I yep. think week two against Lyle Bennett and then week three against Geneseo, they're going to find out more. I mean, that's a, that's a daunting task to go down to Moly to, to Quincy this year. We might have to send somebody this year. Cuff where we oh, might as, as good as viewer is. That's a, yeah. that's a go-to game. I mean, Oh, for sure. We will send stackpile along with them. <laughs> Perfect. No. The last six years, Morrissey's won the Western Big Six four times, all four times undefeated. Sterling and Morrissey Quincy or Moline? Ster- Sterling and uh, Quincy are the only two to win it. Since, uh, since Sterling and Geneseo en- entered the conference, Sterling and Moline are the only two to win conference. Yeah. That's crazy. All right. Well, let's jump, let's jump over to Moline's longest rivalry with Rock Island, the Rocks have a new head coach, but a familiar name in Rock Island, a familiar name to the Western Big Six. Fritz Deodone takes over as head coach. Four and five Rock Island team a year ago. Coach Fritz mentioned, you know, what's important for this Rock Island team is pretty obvious. Being a first-year head coach, how quickly their players get comfortable with new offensive scheme, new defensive scheme. They want to be able to execute at a high level. He likes their overall team speed. He thinks that'll be a strength for them both on offense and on defense. He thinks that they have the ability to be multiple and adaptive. They can kind of go with what their opponent is giving them or what they, you know, what they think that they can, you know, uh, match up with against depending on the opponent. 
Overall, he talked about team discipline, limit, limiting mental mistakes, limiting penalties, you know, that negatively impacted the Rock Island team a year ago. So when this was announced, um, Cuff or Dazzo, what did, what did, Dazzo, what did you think about, um, you know, the Fritz hire here at Rock Island? It was, I talked to a few people at the very beginning and I had somebody that would know, tell me that they think Fritz Diudone is going to be the, I mean, this is literally the day after Ben Hammer left that Fritz Diudone is going to get it. Now from the outside looking in and it's, if, if you look at a resume, you're going to be, and we've talked about it, the one in 17 at Alleman doesn't, that number doesn't take into account everything he went through. So, I mean, he, I, I look at what he did at Alleman as a, as a positive on his resume. I get the number looks terrible, but like when you take it into context and holding that team together and building and doing what they did and everything like that, it was a tough situation for anybody to get in. I think he did a fantastic job with kids that weren't, Big enough, strong enough, fast enough to be playing in the Western Big Six to do what he did. So won't dwell on that. I think he was a good guy for the job. He has experience in the Western Big Six. And what's crazy is we talked about the coaches banquet a few years ago when he took over for Alleman. He, he gave a great speech at the coaches banquet. Great, great guy and a great talker. And he talked about like wanting to be a head coach in the Western Big Six and never getting the opportunity. And now we finally got it. So I just asked him the other day, I'm like, I, 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 I reminded him of that speech and I was like, what if I would have told you two years later, you're not only a coach in the Western Big Six, but you're back at Rock Island where you want to be and where you've had so many ties to and stuff. And he's just, you know, he, he thanked Alleman for giving that opportunity. Um, he might be the right guy for the right for that job. I mean, it, it, it I don't think it blew people away because of the one in 17, which is stupid. And I'll tell everybody that's that's dumb. I don't know how many games are going to win this year. We'll talk about them in the future or this year in a second. But when it comes to overall hire, um, I think he's going to do a good job. I mean, I think he's a disciplinary type of guy that is going to do a good job with those kids, knows the school, knows the area, all that kind of stuff. So um, there's not too many better people when you talk about just pure people. And I say that about all the coaches, so it probably kind of sounds redundant. But for the majority, and I think all you guys can agree, we're lucky to be working with a bunch of good guys that that, that teach, teach kids the, the game of football. But Fritz is one of those really, really good people. So will it equate to winning this year? I don't know for sure. We'll talk about on the field in a second, but I think he's the right. I mean, it's not the home run. It wasn't the wow hire that I think some people in the quad cities and the rest of the Western Week Six, I'd love to get Shuck's take here in just a second on it from what the reaction is from other communities. But I'm sure it took some, I mean, it wasn't the home run wow hire, but when you kind of, get through all of that and look at what it is. He's a great guy who's going to do a good job at a, at a, at a, at a high school that when you think about it, and we love Ben Hammer, Ben was a great guy, did a great job, but, and it's not his fault, but rock. It's been a while. I mean, you just cup just mentioned the Sterling and Molina have been the Western big six since then. Nobody's besides those two schools have won the Western big six. So that includes rock Island. And for a long time, it started with rock Island. And, and Fritz talked about that when I went over to interview him. He's like, it used to like, we were in the conversation and now we're, we're not like, we'll talk about like our rankings and, and all that kind of stuff, whatever. I mean, right, you get through three or four or five school, three or four schools before you start talking about Rock Island three for sure. Before you start talking about Rock Island in the conference. So um, big picture, not talking about this year, but big picture. I love Fritz. I think he's going to do a good job. I just hope people are patient with him. I hope people are patient because it is a four and five team from last year. Yep. 
Let's talk about some of the, uh, you know, personnel they will have on the field this year. Javion Clark Pugh uh, at quarterback. You also have Joe Allen at a wide receiver. Uh, Gartar at running back. Amari Overton at tight end. I believe that's a name we heard last year. Isaiah Samuelson at fullback. Fiston Nayagushima at running back or at a wide receiver position. Uh, Samuelson also be on the defensive side of the ball as a line, as a lineman. Nayagushima as a defensive back. Um, you also have Tar as a linebacker, um, Derek Jabba at at a uh, on the line, and also VJ Gerard as a defensive back. So a few familiar names in there. Um, so yeah, we'll see. You know, if if like I said, the, I think the biggest thing is can Fritz's offense and defense be installed? Can the players buy in and be ready to go in Week One? It's you know that's any first year head coach. That's that's the challenge, right? Rock Island's never had any problems scoring in recent years. It's been their defense. Can they stop anybody? And that's yep. what I want to see. Can can Fritz and whoever is defensive coordinator get on the same page and start making some stops, starting holding teams to maybe two scores, three scores. You can't give up. What was the playoff game? What was it 96, 94? 94 to 72. Can't give up. I mean, you can't just can't do that. I mean, you can't give up 35 points a game and expect to win. You know, you have you to can't score. To... You can't score 70, 74 points and lose by three touchdowns. <laughs> you crazy. You can't, you can't like score crazy. expect to win. Well, uh, look at the last yeah. game last year against Quincy. They win. They're in the playoffs and they have a 42 to 14 lead and they get outscored 47 to 14 to, and lose right. the game. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I mean, defensively is where, I mean, Rock Island never has a problem with athletes on the field and scoring points. They need to make some changes on defense and they got to start stopping some people. Rock also has to get off a losing streak. They lost their last three games last year and they gave up 47, three or more times. They gave up like 63, like two years ago to Moline. You can't do but, that. But let me say, I do love having Fritz as their head coach. Oh, great I think guy, he's a great guy, great person and a, the right person for the job. I, I agree. He's a great hire. Lombardi couldn't have won with that team that he had uh, on, the, on the hill. I mean, he did as well as you hey, can take do. Take it. Hold on, Stock. Take it. Here, here, here we go. That's not he did as well as you could do with that team. I mean, honestly, with that, hold on. With that, hey, hey, hey. He did hey, a great with that job. Situ- hold on. With that situation. Not that team. Don't throw those kids under the bus. They were busting their butts to have a football team. That situation. Thank you. That's all. I get it. But that's all. And I I think I'll get off my high horse. (laughs) Because he coached at Alleman, people certainly down in this neck of the woods don't understand how good a guy Fritz is. Don't understand how good a coach he is. All they saw, all they can see is, well, he coached at Alleman and went one in 17. So to the, the general fan in this area, they don't understand what Rocky did. And, and I think there was some skepticism of, well, you hired him because, because they don't know, they don't, they don't understand. They haven't, they haven't, they don't have a relationship with him. They don't know what he's been through. All they see is what you said, Dazzo is they see the one in 17 and that's what they have to go on. I think when they see what he does at Rocky, people will go, okay. Yeah. The, that makes sense now. Um, but it's going to take a year or two for him to, to for people to see that. Um, and, and think of this, guys. We're talking about the Western Big Six football historically, and we're talking about Rocky not being one of the favorites and Quincy being one of the favorites. Right. It's just weird. 
<laughs> it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Hey, we we talked about players and and Javion Clark Pugh is a kid that kind of had saw some time last year that I know Coach Hammer was really excited about. Really talented kid. One guy we didn't talk about is Connor DeRulio. He's going to be on the field in some way, shape, or form. He was a quarterback yeah. that had good numbers last year. That played well last year, but he played a lot of baseball during this off season, Legion baseball. And so um, doesn't, I mean, he's not going to be the quarterback, but he's an athletic kid and a good kid. That's going to be on the field somewhere, shape or form wide receiver, deep, whatever, but, and a backup quarterback, but um, from all indications that, that I got while I was there is that um, JVN Clark Pugh is, is the guy under center and is going to be the the starting quarterback for them. And like you said, Cuff and, you know, Joe Allen's going to be really good and they're, they, they're going to have, plenty of weapons to play with but yeah defensively is it's just and i think fritz kind of talked to me about putting them in a better position to have success on defense um he was their defensive coordinator before he left um but but again i can't think of the last time i thought and this is a, a knock at fritz but when's the last time we thought wow that, that rocky defense is really good and i don't mean that just in like the last five years or 10 i mean it's usually Rockies going to score a ton of points. And then if they're okay on defense, they're going to be fine. You're going to go back to, I think the Vic years, but I'm yeah, probably um, missing some along the way. That's that Rocky has been really, really good on the defensive. Like the defense has led the way. So anyways, I just wanted to mention their, their situation. What's that? Storks. He, he, they, they had a couple good years with Storks. Yep. And I, I don't, I mean, I, the guy they got running the offense right now, um, they're good. <laughs> was really good defensive football player at Rock Island and knows what he's doing. So um, right. they'll, they'll, hopefully they'll get it figured out on that side of the football. But again, it also goes to the point that if you're a, a slow pace from the football team, your defense is going to have a better chance of, of being that offense. Gosh, I remember being at that playoff game, like the defense didn't get a chance to, to, to take a break because they were out there so, so quickly. So um, we'll see how Fritz does in year number one and what they started at Manuka as well greg yep i didn't realize that dulio uh i thought he graduated so that that was i didn't no he is he is back and he's okay he's, baseball his he's a really good football player but baseball is his he was a really good pitcher a really good athlete yeah. like i saw him yeah. make a catch in the sectional championship game to to end the game that was outstanding so he'll be on the field but i kind of went over there with the thoughts of okay, who's back from last year? And, you know, when you're calling highlights and you call his name a lot, you're thinking that's probably the guy we're going to talk the most to. But I do remember they played a little bit of both last year and yep. they were high on JV and Clark Pugh. So I know that that's the guy they're going really with right now. But through 12 touchdown passes in conference games last year. So that's a pretty good option to have as a backup. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But if you're not, if you're not, in, and I'm not saying that in a negative way, but it's a different offense. Yeah. So in order yeah. to up to speed and have to do that i'm sure he'll be an option as backup and all that kind of stuff but yeah i think it's uh it's uh jv and clark pew's uh ship to lead at this point well let's jump into the sterling golden warriors head coach john schlemmer had the golden warriors at a nine and three record a year ago they rolled into the quarterfinals with wins over saint viator and chicago good they lost to sycamore 28 nothing so similar to Moline, which we referenced earlier, you know, names will be a little bit different this year for Sterling, but, um, you know, they've proven that they will be in the mix. Similar to Sterling, you know, a very similar story um, for both these rosters. They'll need quality play in the trenches. They'll need some new leaders to step up. They got to replace a lot of guys. Kale Ryan, J.P. Schilling, A.J. Kested, Antonio Tablante were names we were very used to calling week in and week out. 
Um, new names coming in. Uh, Kale Lettergerber, who was a wide receiver. We called his name a couple times a year ago. Um, he'll be moving into the quarterback position. Um, Lucas Austin, 6'7", uh, offensive tackle. He's getting some Division One looks. First team All-Western Big Six a year ago. He'll anchor that line. Another name to watch out for, Andre Claver. He was injured all last season. He will be a running back, wide receiver, linebacker. He's the reigning Sauk Valley Media Boys Basketball Player of the Year. So that's an athlete that's immediately being thrown in that you didn't see last year. So Sterling, you know, you're not, you're not worried about, they're going to have some talent. They're going to have some athletes on the field. And on the coaching side of things, Schlemmer and his coaching staff has these kids in the position to make the play. You know, they're in the right spot at the right time. I expect Sterling to be in the mix again. Cuff, what say you? Yeah, I was at Sterling um, Thursday uh, to, te- to check them out. And the first person you, you got to ask about is Lucas Austin. I mean, he's, he's the, big, the big guy that they're going to lean on on offense and defense. He's probably going to be an offensive lineman come when he goes to college. Uh, he's getting a lot of D1 looks, but he didn't play AAU basketball this summer, so he could gain some weight, put on some muscle, and get stronger for football. And he's like, what, 6'7"? I think he said he's like 245, 250. So he, he looks good. He's still thin, but he looks good. Um, he's strong. And everything's – don't be surprised. Whichever way they run, Austin's going to be on that side of, of the line that, he, that they're going to start to run the ball on. The other big thing he said was having Claver back. Claver told me last year he got injured just before the season, had to have a surgery before the season and never played. And it just killed him last year to watch his teammates go out there and play, especially that Sycamore game that they lost 28 to nothing. He could do nothing but sit there and watch on the sidelines. But he's really excited to be back. Um, He's hoping to make a big impact on the team. And then Schlemmer, of course, you know, he, he plays it down like he always does. He's like, oh, good thing I have good assistant coaches because I'm not a good coach. It's like, well, you are a good coach. Come on. But uh, um, I, they're going to be a team that they're gonna, they're good every year. I mean, they go down to Metamore to start off the season. There's no slouches in this team. They're one of the top three in this conference year in, year out, regardless of the other teams or who else might fill in that other spot. This is a team, if they get some breaks, if they can beat Quincy at home, they may have a chance to win a Western Big Six title, but they're definitely going to be a team that's either eight and one or seven and two on the season. They do start at Metamora, and they also have their first Western Big Six game is Week Three at UT, which could be a which could be a which could be a pit for teams that are inexperienced. And Sterling is inexperienced. The one thing that Schlemmer's always had, he's always had the two quarterback system. But usually, one not doing. The, I don't think he's he's not doing that this year. Well, just let me finish. And Go ahead. Usually, one of the quarterbacks was a was a veteran, and the other was a youngster. The Sock Valley media um, said in late July that it was uh, there were three quarterbacks that they were looking at: Drew Nettleton, who was the third string last year, Kale Leg- Legenberger, and Joe Holcomb. So. I guess now they're down to one. You said that they've they've got the one the one and that they're they're going to be a one quarterback team. They got a lot of parts to pit, to replace. They 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 lost Tablante. They lost Casted. They lost Ryan. They lost Schilling. They scored 159 points in the last three games. They're going to have a very tough uh, go replacing all that. But like we said earlier with Moline, Sterling doesn't re- rebuild. They just simply reload. 
if they can reload, it could be a team to, to, to watch for. They haven't always done the two quarterback system. It's been about four for years. Time. It's, no, it's been about, it's been about four years or so. Fairly important. He, there was only one quarterback. When yeah. He played. He for a bad. few of those really good years, they only had one and stocking. The other thing I want to bring up is how many times are you going to butcher the name letter Gerber by this year? I think you just <laughs> called you. him leader. I think you just called him Lieberberger. <laughs> Well, you know, my wife is hard to read, you know, at my age. Which you know, sounds delicious. Hard to read. Yeah. Yeah. Shuck, what do you got? Well, again, like we talked about with Moline, Sterling reloads. It doesn't rebuild. But I think that you have to find the experience factor is a big deal. And think about it. Week seven, Quincy has to go to Sterling. It's the longest road trip in the big six for anybody, whether it's yep. Sterling to Quincy or Quincy to Sterling. It's the longest trip there is. Quincy's got to make that trip. Not an easy thing to be on the bus that long, get off, play, and be at your best. That's an advantage for Sterling if Sterling is playing well at that point. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, probably an advantage for Sterling. Probably an advantage for Sterling to have that game week seven instead of week yeah. three, just so that they get right. their foot. I mean, then you're, you're you're you get some more experience, some more games under your belt. So. Um, I, I think mention... Schlemmer's a I think Schlemmer's a good guy too, just so I can echo what everybody else <laughs> okay, says. Yeah. I want to get a Tootsie Pop right now and put it in my mouth just just uh, just talking about him. Uh so, names which to watch. means he has Tootsie Pops. He likes Tootsie Pops. That's what it yeah, means. Absolutely. Just in case somebody doesn't know that. Names to watch on the defensive side of the ball for Sterling. Kendrick Muhammad, Caden Phillips, um, Andre Claver, who we already referenced, Braden Birdsley. So um, Muhammad's a name we talked a lot about last year as well. So, and, and Phillips was a kid last year as a sophomore who made a name for himself on the basketball court. Uh, Schlemmer and Coach Vasquez have a nice relationship. Vasquez used to actually help him coach football. Uh, so there's never that animosity of having a basketball player play football yep. or anything like that. But yeah, Caden Phillips, a very athletic kid as well. So we did, we mentioned the open on the road at Metamora, it doesn't get any easier in week two. They play Wheaton St. Francis who went 11 and two a year ago, lost to Providence 17, 14 in the state semifinals. So they got a tough non-conference slate. When you also add in their other game is against Princeton in that kind of marquee matchup on our side of the state. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. Which is going to be an interesting matchup. It's yeah. Like, uh, well, we didn't mention with Rocky, they play Sterling Newman this year. That's true. You know, yeah, that, we should have brought that, that one up, a, too. It's a huge, huge game for Sterling Newman. But uh, I mean, why could we have this Sterling-Princeton game last year? That would have been fantastic to have it last year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we have rolled through the Western Big Six, and we have a guest appearance. Mitch Stormer, you're on the line. How's everybody doing? I'm out. You specifically told me Mitch wasn't going to be here. I'm out. <laughs> Happy hey, Mitch, how are you, buddy? What's going on, guys? Um, bless hey, you. We've rolled through. We've rolled through the entire Western Big Six. Mitch, give your uh, general overviews. What have you? What have you read? What have you seen? What stands out to you? All right, I haven't. I haven't been listening. I just joined in, so this these will probably be a couple of talking points. Just you guys got are. back from Dallas. Yeah, uh, last week or Friday. So yeah, refreshed, ready to go. So here's my my quick hits for for every team. UT, uh, Matthew Kelly, three year starter, but that defense gave up 407 points last year. So can they can they shore that up? 
Can they get a couple more wins on their schedule? They got the toughest stretch, I think, of any team in the WB6. They play Sterling, Geneseo, Quincy, Rock Island, and Moline right in a row. That is a gauntlet. And they still have a week seven opening, I think, week eight opening. But defense will be the key for UT. Galesburg, young team, some experience, some inexperience. Um, but they could possibly get two wins in their first three weeks. They play, I don't remember what the team is. They, their third week is some team in Indiana. So can they grab a couple early wins heading into to, uh, WB6 play? Looking forward to Gina Williams, at quarterback this year, though, for the Silver Streaks. Geneseo, dark horse, question mark. Um, maybe the most experienced returning team. A lot of seniors on that team. A.J. Weller, Jerron Neal, Luke Johnson. That's a pretty deadly combo on offense. I think they'll do – they're 5-5 five five last year. I think they'll get to 6-3 and three this year going into playoffs. Quincy, most explosive team that we'll probably cover out of any conference. Brain Little, I think he'll go for over 3,000, over 30 touchdowns this year. Um, but, but a tough finishing stretch. Sterling, Geneseo, and Seymour, that – those are three pretty hard games heading into the, uh, the playoffs and towards the end of the season there for Quincy. Moline, the defending champs, looking at their defense to see if they can be the story again. They allowed the least amount of points last year. And can they, can they rely on that to maybe offset any inexperience or new guys coming in on offense? Rocky, new coach, new system. Can their team speed be enough to let them hang around in games? Kind of have the UT problem, right, with their defense. They allowed over 300 last year, so they got to be able to tighten that up to stay in those games. Uh, and then Sterling, you guys were just talking about it. How do they replace all of that production? It's, it's not going to be an easy task. Certainly, I expect them to be in it, but um, tough start to the season, like you guys were just talking about, Metamore and Wheaton, St. Francis. So um, can, can they have the most points in the Western League 6 again? I don't think so. That'll, that title will probably go to Quincy, but um, – yeah, expect expect them to be one of those top three teams right again, as always this year. All right, that's great. That is a great recap, synopsis of the entire conference before we head into the picks. Our picks for the Western Big Six. Anyone, anyone not saying Quincy? We'll start there. Are we all in agreement it's Quincy as the favorite? Oh, Dazzo, what I do you got? got? I got I got Alabama winning it. I'm okay. sorry, guys. It's <laughs> my contract. Okay. No, no one's have picking to. that. No one's picking all of them. Father they won't lose a game have, that they have, play this year. Yeah. I, they, tell me a loss. Tell me a loss. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No. You, um, know, you know what? You know I did? Like I, think really, I, think, I think Quincy's really, 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 really good. But they're not in my viewing area. <laughs> okay. So okay. I will pick I will pick Moline to win the Western Big Six Fair. because they are in my viewing area. But I think Quincy Shock Shock, do you get what I'm saying? They're really, oh. really, really, really good. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're really good. <laughs> I'm gonna pick Moline because they're my viewing area. Keep the people happy. I'm picking Quincy and the game of the year, week eight, Geneseo at Quincy. Okay. All right. So I guess if if we all think Oh, I guess, Chuck, I'll start with you. Does Quincy go 9-0? and Yes. There you go. There you go. I, think I, it's- I, I, truly, I truly believe that they have enough firepower offensively, even if they have hiccups defensively, mm-hmm. they can overcome that. Yep. I, just don't, I just don't see anybody on their schedule that's going to have a defense good enough to, to rein them in enough. 
to to keep them from winning. The real it's man, it's gonna be fun times this year in Quincy for sure. Yeah. Okay, so if we you know we got we got our first place out of the way, but I think maybe the more interesting conversation: who comes in second? Who just misses in the Western Big Six? Dazzo, I guess I'll start with you because you know you've already Quincy. Okay, there Quincy. you go. Okay, that's yeah. I figured you'd go. No, there. I do. I do think. I do think. I mean, it is in my opinion. I mean, this is not. It's 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 Quincy Moline and Sterling, and they're they're just they're they're at that tier. I think above everybody. Yep. I think the next tier starts with Geneseo, and then and they can maybe move their way up into that. I think they could get in the conversation. Like we said, I think the best way somebody said it, and I think it might have been stockpile. So it pains me to even say that, but um, they're gonna get. I think Geneseo is gonna get somebody. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be sure. Moline, Sterling, or Geneseo, but I think if 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 those three don't beat up on each other, then Geneseo's got the next be- the next it, best it, chance to do that. I, I'm week, all over week, the place. I'm gonna I, mute again because I'm all over the place. I, I think week three, the 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 Big Six opener, decides who ends up second, because I think it's Moline, Geneseo, week one. Whoever wins that has the momentum to take with them. I know obviously Moline's got to come to Quincy after that, but right. but I think whoever wins that game sets themselves up to be the team that could possibly derail Quincy. So there's a, there's a thought process on here that Geneseo is better than Sterling. There's people here that would pick Geneseo over Sterling. Like I think a cut like there's that thought process, right? Yeah, I was too. I was I can't see hands being raised, but that was why I kind of tossed out the question cuz Geneseo was one of those teams that I would put up there that, you know, they surprised somebody. And like Shuck said, if they grab that momentum, I, I do think there's a chance that they're, that they're right in the mix as that second team cup. What do you got? The winner of the Genesis of the Moline Quincy game wins the conference period. I don't, I don't think either whoever wins that game, and the, the loser go, takes second, the loser takes second because the, the, they'll okay. run both okay. teams will run the table from there. I'm pretty simple. He's a simple man. Okay. Stock says Geneseo. Mitch, what do you got? I think you guys nailed it. I think week three's a big one where you'll have Geneseo and Moline, and then you have week four where it's Moline and Quincy. So Moline, I mean, you talk about a tough stretch to start. Glenbard North, Bennett, Geneseo, and Quincy. That's a tough start for Moline. So if they can somehow get through that, um, I I think Quincy will go eight and one. I don't know where their loss will be. I think Moline will be second. I, a very intriguing game is week nine. Moline at Sterling, because that game will probably decide who is home for a playoff game and who has to go on the road in the first round. At Sterling. At Sterling, week yeah, nine. Sterling, yeah. That's the other a very intrig- intriguing game. But I think Quincy wins. Jesse will finish the second. And the winner, Moline Sterling, which I think would be Moline, will finish third. The other matchup of all the matchups that hasn't been mentioned is Geneseo and Sterling. To me, that's the game that that could be for second place. That's kind of where my head goes, um, is that matchup. Yeah, I I think those are, you know, that's going to be a very good football game. And I love it because that's a great rivalry. And it's gotten one-sided over the years, I think this is a year where that, that game could be really great. So what I love is this through this whole discussion, we're talking about four different teams, right? So right. I think that's what makes this race fun. That's what's well, going to be entertaining. 
I think that's what gives Quincy the edge because if there was ever a year for them to make a jump, it's this one where there's there's a, there's more question marks across Moline and Sterling than there is against Quincy. So if there was one year for them to make the jump, it's this year. Yep. Even as talented as Quincy is, if Moline has the group it had last year with all the experience, I think it's a different story. But I think the I think you're right, Mitch. I think the fact that Quincy has some experience and has all that offensive firepower and a couple of these other teams aren't as experienced this year gives them an edge. I love it. I think we have we have talked about every uh, every corner of the Western Big Six here. We've covered it. Shuck, thanks for being here. What uh, you got things mapped out yet? Where are you going to be in Week One? Uh, I'll be at Flynn Stadium, Quincy High against Quincy Notre Dame. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. So, that's great. Yeah. What's but, What's Q and D look like this year? Uh, good numbers. Um, they're a team that could go five and four, six and three. Tough, tough opening three weeks. Quincy High traveled to Richmond Burton and home for Muhammad Seymour. Okay. So three, three are they, they, are they, they could be 0 and 3. Is is Notre Dame gonna be in two way this year? Sounds like it. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy to me. That just QND does not stand out as a two A school. It just seems like that's uh, but that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But if they get in the playoffs in two A, they could be dangerous. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right, Stock, you got any final final words of wisdom here? I just think there's going to be some upsets in the Western Big Six that no one's seen, that no one is predicting yet. And you're going to predict them right now? No. <laughs> my, oh. predict, my upset is Jesse over Sterling. Okay. Okay. Cuff, got can anything? I say goodbye to Mama Stock? Can I say yeah. goodbye to Mom, Mother Stockpile real fast? <laughs> you can, yeah. Tell her to wave. She's here back there. Oh, she's sitting. She's, she says hi, guys. There she is. All right. There, she is. there we go. <laughs> no, I'm good. I think we covered it all. It was a very comprehensive look at the Western Big Six. I'm excited for uh, yep. for week three, if you will, when Big Six play actually begins. I think it's going to be a lot of yep. fun. And uh, like I said, that Moline Quincy game, that Sterling Quincy game are two that I've kind of circled that are going to kind of impact what happens at the conference. And by the way, if any of you guys come down for week four, you want to bring something from the cupcake cartel? We'd happily. Hey, if I come down, I want to do shuck on a truck. You're you're come down, we'll do it. Oh All man, right. I'm so That's awesome. It's gonna uh, be weird when both Cuff and I when Cuff and I are doing the score live so, from Quincy with so cupcakes. I'll, <laughs> I'll do shuck on a truck as long as you do off the cuff. There we go. That, Perfect. Hey, guys, real quick, we're less than two weeks away. We're taping this on a Sunday night from yep. high school football, which is awesome. Yeah, and I think fantastic. we're all six and crazy enough to, 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 to agree with this. They're the best 10 Friday nights or nine Friday nights in high school of the season. Yep. They're the best nine nights of the year. We're, it's a sickness because they're long days. <laughs> Cuff and I get in around 10 a.m. We don't leave till 1 a.m. Y'all are the same way. And it's I, I'm more excited for these well, we do the score for 10 weeks. I'm more excited for that than any 10 days of my calendar year. So let's go. Football's here. Absolutely. Yeah, this has been our Western Big Six preview. To anyone listening, if you haven't heard them already, we have the Three Rivers Athletic Conference, the Lincoln Land Conference, Northwest Upstate Illini, and eight-man football previews. They're all out there in our, uh, in our timeline, in our uh, feed, in our podcast feed. So check them all out. The football season is right around the corner. Mitch and I will be back next week on our regularly scheduled Tuesday podcast. 
Mitch will do like a week one preview and maybe have a little fun looking at some of the teams and some of the traditions that they have and uh, that make their programs unique. We'd ask some questions to our coaches and they got back to us with some good responses. So we'll have a little fun with that, but that will gear us up for week one. So man, we're there boys. We're going to start being back at the grill on Friday nights and I'll be hitting the road and shooting some highlights for WQAD and uh, stock. Well, I'll, I'll see you in the in the command module as always. You got the note yep. cards. I love it. Yep. How we many got, note cards? Huh? How many? How many note cards I, in that stack? I didn't keep track. I don't keep track, but it, at least a lot. at least a hundred, hundred fifty. Oh, easy, easy. Oh, All right, that's easy what we like. That's what we like. All right, thanks, boys. We will uh, we will talk to you down the road. We will uh, be talking real on field football very soon. So uh, thanks for listening. We will see you next week. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.